0: Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name. Following on from last week's sermon, He who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks in the midst we come to episode 2 of our seven-part series titled The Seven Letters. These are the seven letters to the seven churches in the book of the Revelation of Jesus. Remember Jesus is speaking words which God the Father gave him and the way of doing so is by his Spirit to the church at the time of writing and throughout the ages. Jesus promised that on the revelation of who he is, He will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. This was not only a promise but a declaration of what will take place. Even though the full force of evil shall try to oppose the living God and all who choose to align themselves with him, evil will never prevail. The battle has already been fought and won. Let us look into the letter of the church in Smyrna. Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. And to the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. Jesus portrays himself as the first and the last. Using the same words that he identified himself with to John at the beginning of this resurrected appearance to him. This is John's response. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid, I am the first. And the last. Now John had already seen the resurrected Jesus years earlier and watched him ascend into heaven. Now, in John's time of trouble, isolation, and persecution, there stood Jesus in all his majesty and splendour, his countenance shining like the sun in its full strength. So powerful, the first words that Jesus speaks is Do not be afraid. Fear is not from God, as he is love. And the first words that Jesus speaks over John is his peace. The first and the last is the exact same self-identification that God used to reveal himself to the Hebrew people a long, long time ago, long before Jesus walked the earth as a man. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6 There is no other God, thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last. Besides me... There is no God. By using the exact same terminology, Jesus reinforces that he is the Eternal One. He is the Eternal One who had taken on human form, died as a human, and rose to life in a glorified body. This is the Great Gospel of Jesus Christ the Eternal One who became the Incarnate One. Experience the full human condition and our reality of death and through his resurrection we can experience his reality of eternal life. Jesus conquered death and evil to give life and goodness to all who are willing. Jesus in his death and resurrection stripped the grave of its power. It is in his resurrection power that he stands before his church and speaks, intimately, personally, and powerfully. Let us continue to the letter to Smyrna. Revelation chapter 2 verse 9 I know your works, tribulation and poverty, But you are rich, and I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Jesus says, I know your works, tribulation and poverty. Jesus sees their situation. Not only does he know as he is the eternal, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful one, but he understands. He empathises. He himself had experienced the ultimate suffering of humanity, at the hands of humanity. He, as a human, subjected himself to the full human condition. Born at a time of foreign occupation, into an oppressive political and religious community. The entire burdens and afflictions of humanity Jesus consumed on his body of flesh upon the cross. To go deeper in this, please listen to our podcast. Surely his suffering is more than enough. Yes, Jesus knows and understands. The resurrected Jesus is there with them through it all. He knows their works, their deeds, their efforts in adverse conditions. They are in economic poverty, lacking in the things of this world. In Jesus acknowledging their economic poverty, he is identifying with them in their hardship. He knows the hardship that poverty brings in this unjust world. As the world's systems of humanity favour the rich and are opposed to everything of God, they oppress and disempower the poor. So in this context, Jesus speaks into their hearts and minds and declares they are rich, changing their perspective of their immediate reality to that of eternity. Their wealth is eternal and cannot be taken away from them. The wealth of this world is fragile, fleeting, and fickle. It can come and go in an instant. The greater eternal poverty is to be poor in spirit. Those poor in spirit are those who do not have Jesus. It is to those who knowingly reject Jesus that they are eternally poor. They are rejecting Jesus and their only pathway of salvation and as a result have chosen their destiny of eternal death and destruction. Yet those who know they are poor in spirit and receive Jesus are eternally rich. Those in the church in Smyrna had done the first work. They had received Jesus and his victory. Their tribulation is the persecution they are subjected to, the verbal abuse and resultant poverty. Yes, persecution is very real. Still to this day there are those who live in the constant pressure of opposition to being a disciple of Jesus. There are families who forbid their members from becoming a disciple of Jesus and if they choose to do so, they pronounce them dead. They excommunicate them from their community and in many instances destroy all evidence of their existence. Many are beaten, verbally abused, ostracised and put into prison all as a result of being a disciple of Jesus. They suffer and still suffer persecution in all its evil forms. Also in verse 9, Jesus declares, I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of a synagogue of Satan. Remember when reading this text that the writer John is of Jewish blood and Jesus himself, the eternal one who came in human form, was from the tribe of Judah, of Jewish ancestry. So Jesus through John is not being anti-Jewish in his declaration that those who say they are Jews and are not are of the synagogue of Satan. This is a spiritual matter. Jesus is identifying with his church in Smyrna. He too was rejected by many from his own tribe. There were those of Jewish blood who knew he was the Messiah, yet chose to reject him. Not only reject him as their Messiah, but plot to kill him and persecute anyone who comes to be his disciple. So we read that in Smyrna. From their own community, there are those who say they are Jews and are not. They are opposed to everything pertaining to God and deny Jesus as their Messiah. They are knowingly deceiving the church, saying they are of the same belief, yet they are not. The text is not talking about Jews of today who have a relationship with God, yet deny Jesus as their Messiah. This is not what the text is talking about. This is talking about those who knowingly are deceiving the church in saying they are of same belief and doing everything to draw the church away from Jesus. Satan deceitfully opposes the living God and Jesus declares that there are those among his people who have chosen to align themselves with the work of Satan. This is what Jesus means. They have chosen to align themselves with the work of Satan. They have knowingly become partakers of evil, saying they are of God. They are not ignorant in this matter, as they willingly chose to be aligned with Satan, proclaiming to be aligned with God. This is the ultimate deception. Satan deceives, opposes the truth, and propagates falsehood. Jesus is the embodiment of the truth and propagates only truth. Jesus brings encouragement to his people. Verse 10 Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Jesus states, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. This is reminiscent of what he told his disciples before he went to the cross. Jesus brings his strength, courage, and victory into the situation. Reminiscent of the words he spoke to John and over every disciple throughout the ages before he went to the cross to claim our victory that he had won. John chapter 16 verse 33 These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus foretold to the church in Smyrna that the devil is about to throw some of them into prison and they may be tested. Interestingly, he announces that it is the devil who will do this. The devil in this context means slanderer. When Jesus walked the earth as a man, he was falsely accused and slandered against. Jesus shows us in the text that those who knowingly, falsely accuse God's people are effectively aligning themselves with the works of the devil. That is pure evil. Evil is not the result of bad choices made by humanity. It is rather that bad choices have given evil power. The devil is the personification of the nature of opposing God. Bad things that happen in this world are not from God. It is not his sovereign will for such things. Violence, death, tragic accidents, oppression, betrayal, rejection... Crime, wars, earthquakes, famine, sickness and such things are not from God. Nor are they his will. They all come from the root of evil, not from God. Evil and the damage and chaos it causes is real. It was real at the time of writing to the church. It is real as we read it today. Yet the good news is, Evil and its causes are temporary. They are confined to the finite realm and will come under judgment and ultimate eradication. The life and renewing given by God is greater than the death and destruction of evil. Jesus says regarding the physical imprisonment that they will endure, that you may be tested. The devil, through those enjoined in opposing God, want to tempt or make a trial of the disciples of Jesus. To entice them to knowingly lie about who Jesus is. Remember that that is the devil's objective, to cause destruction, fear and doubt. The devil knows he is already defeated, yet continues to do what he does deceive and falsely accuse. There will come a time when he will be totally eradicated and have no place in God's heaven and earth. He and all who choose to align themselves with him have been condemned to eternal damnation. Jesus is encouraging his people, revealing to his church that in the time of persecution and imprisonment, and as we live in a world opposed to God, it is only for a limited time. Persecution is real, yet it does not have the victory. Jesus promises that he is faithful and true. He declares over his church his faithfulness. He says, be faithful even to the point of death. And when Jesus speaks, it is so. Please listen to our podcast, At Your Word, to discover more about the power of God's words. The enemy may threaten death but Jesus speaks life and faithfulness into the impending situation of his people. He confirms, I will give you life as your crown. The one who overcomes gives to those who will overcome his victor's crown of everlasting life. Jesus concludes this letter with these words in verse 11. He who has an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. This promise of being an overcomer and receiving his crown of life is for every disciple of Jesus throughout the ages. As the Eternal One who himself became human, died and came to life again, has promised. He is the first and the last, who was dead, but now who is alive, declares and promises that he will give us his victorious crown of eternal life. Yes, we are victorious in him. Praise his mighty name. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name.